0: You're listening to the Empowering Process Podcast with your host, Gail Craft. Listen as she holds frank discussions around how your purpose, being present and trusting your power impacts your life. Whether you're an entrepreneur, leader, or developing your vision, you'll find wisdom and insights you can utilize right now. Welcome your host, Gail Craft. hello everybody and welcome to the empowering process podcast and thank you so much for joining me today and i have with me a guest who is also a hypnotherapist and it's lauren best and lauren and i are going to talk about um those of us who are type a personalities and um and about having to be perfect before you pull the trigger you heard Uh, I can remember being in corporate one time and they said, you know, just, you know, shoot then aim, Right. And I'm like, no, first of all, I have to find the target and then I have to know where the bullseye is and then I have to know what kind of gun I have. Right. Right. And, and then I have to really aim because I, what if I only have one bullet? Right. Um, So we're going to talk a little bit about what kind of stress that's all about. Welcome Lauren.
1: So much, Gail. I'm so excited to get into this because there's so much. <laughs> <laughs> there is so much
0: into being perfect. Um, I know that I, I used to pride myself in, you know, being sure that all of my, my ducks in a, in, are in a row. Um, and we mm. talked a little bit earlier and you, you said you think it might be generational. <laughs> um, I'm wondering whether it really is a, a woman thing. More so than generational. Whether it's yeah. women need to have everything lined up in order for things to appear to be going smoothly. So tell us a little bit about right um, some of the frustration that you felt and and how you learned that from your your mom and your grandma. What what were the things that they did that you observed as a child?
1: Yeah, I think, and it's really funny, you know, starting in this place of is it a women thing or hereditary? Like (laughs) I've, you know, been born with this gene or or whatever it may be, this generational thing. And then before I get into that, I just, this popped into my head. So I want to share it is like the amount of time society has reaffirmed that that's like that to be true. So I'll back up a little bit of like, growing up, I just remember always seeing whether it was like family gatherings or, you know, these beautiful holidays we would spend at my grandmother's, just like, you know, the perfect Turkey and like, you know, all the most beautiful food on like beautiful, you know, it's ceramics or whatever it may be. And we'd show up at my grandmother's house and my sister and I would run into the the room that my my aunt and my mom grew up in and it would be like the beds were made perfectly and I remember seeing my grandmother just like ironing the pillowcases or the sheets and just I just thought like oh my gosh that's like so much work right like I always I think acknowledged how much work it was for them and it was always like you know them in the kitchen or at the end of the meal it was them like making sure the dishes were done really quickly so like they can't enjoy the rest of the evening until that's all done. So I think there is a sense of urgency that I often saw and maybe experienced more so from my mom and my grandmother than maybe with my dad, which I do experience more of these days. But growing up, it was definitely them, you know, just show it like by their example of like doing and getting things done or like hosting people. Having you know the perfect napkins and tablecloth that would that would match like all of those little things that did create such a beautiful experience for us growing up and for our family and for people that we would have around the house. and I think growing up um with a mold that was really open, our friends would show up at the door and and come on in, and so there was that mix of like spontaneity that I did see that was really fun and just like, don't worry about it. People are going to come around, but we had everything like, you know, in the cupboards or ready if people were to come, but then also that like hyper planning and making sure that everyone is accommodated for, or, you know, we have all the cabbage rolls, you know, (laughs) procured before the big event. So I think that also gave me a lot of identity confusion growing up of like, putting myself in a bucket. Am I type A, type B? I felt both. I don't know. I still don't really try to analyze it because I don't want to put myself in that box or either of those boxes, but it really is like, yeah, it really was like, am I this? Am I like, do I need to be like this? But I want to be like this. I want to relax more and didn't see that happening as much you know, from other people in my life growing up. So yeah,
0: I, I would say that, you know, I, I saw the same thing in, in my family, as far as, you know, having everything perfect, especially for holiday seasons, you know, weeks upon weeks of shopping and planning and preparing for that one meal at Thanksgiving or for the family yeah. coming at Christmas time. And, um, and, and I remember, I mean, I don't, Grow big events anymore but when I did I just kind of won it <laughs> yeah and, yeah and it turned out just fine right mm-hmm. I, I don't know why my hand went up sorry um and it turned out just fine so yeah. you know what is that all about and the type a personality you know whatever, whatever that means right is, is the need to be and I equate the need to be perfect uh, along the same lines as the need to be in control. Yes, I, yes. Right? And so that I know for me, my need to be in control was because I didn't trust the world, mm-hmm. right? And so I had to be in control because if I'm in control then I I can dictate what's next and it's safe. Right for me yeah right so 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 you grew up around this questioning of like this, this is really not cool but am I supposed to be that way and so yeah what happened to you as a teenager and a young adult um because of this upbringing of everything needs to be perfect everything needs to be in a row be sure you know where you're going what were some mm-hmm. of the choices that you made because of that kind of belief system
1: Yeah, I think it was, again, in like two extremes of like finding opportunities. I I remember this so well when I was younger. I don't know if I was 10 or 15 or what age I was, but I know I was definitely in junior high or high school or something. And we had a really beautiful, I grew up in a very beautiful home and a beautiful big yard. And there was some landscaping my parents had hired people to do, but they left all these rocks on the grass. And so my parents were, you know, enlisting my sister and I to like come help with the yard work on the weekend, like, as they would. And I remember just thinking, like, how long do I actually do this before I can sneak off to the bathroom and not come back? <laughs> because I was just I'm like, oh, I just want to relax. I'm so tired. i The sun is too hot, and just like this huge discomfort, which I'm sure uh, like, you know, some kids also can relate to or people can relate to. And then there's others that are just, you know, like an activity to do. Right. I just never experienced that as I know some people have. So I remember doing that, like sneaking out to the bathroom, hiding in the basement, putting on TV or something, or getting myself a snack and being like, okay, like that's just hope they don't come back inside and enlist me back out to to help with the yard work. And like, I just just felt so strongly like my body needed rest and I didn't know how to say like, I want to help you, but I don't have the energy because my dad had the energy or maybe he didn't, but he was still doing it. Or my mom had the energy or maybe she didn't, but she was still doing it. And my sister, right? Just like willingly helping out. And so I always was like, Never giving myself that permission to acknowledge that perhaps I function differently or my energy level or I need more rest because it wasn't something demonstrated to me that people can, you know, maybe just like relax a little bit more on the weekend. That's just one example. So I don't think every weekend of my childhood was like that. But I think that's that sticks out to me as one of those examples of like, me going back in my memory of finding that proof as to how I may be a little bit different or need to operate differently or, so, you know, tend to my body a little bit differently.
0: So so what's interesting is, so what, what you learned in that situation is, I, I cannot say no. And the only way mm. I can honor myself is to be sneaky about it. Totally, (laughs) totally sneaky about it. Right. And so, so what's interesting is, I recently had an encounter with a young teenager, and I had asked her to do something for me. And she she said yes, but she really didn't want to. It was one of those wishy washy yeses. And when the time came, she didn't follow through. And Mm -hmm. so, I ended up doing it. So, I had a conversation with her the next day, and I said, So, I'm an adult,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and I know that it it's probably difficult for you to say no mm-hmm. to an adult when they ask you to do something. And I know you, you really wanted to say no, and you didn't. And so what ended up happening is I'd made plans on thinking you would show up and do this thing and you didn't. And so okay. I had to change my plans. So let's make a deal. In the future, you have permission to say no to me and you can say it in this way. And so someone gave me this line. You can say it's not a strong yes right now. I love that. Right. And so she could say that. And I said, and then I'll, I'll say, OK, that's cool. I'll if you get to do it fine. But in the meantime, I will now plan on doing it myself. Mm-hmm. If I ask you to do something, you have permission to say no to me in that way. But if I tell you I need you to do something, I'm not I'm not looking for you to say yes or no. Okay. It means I need you to be there. I need your help. Yeah. And we have a deal. And so we had a deal. And things have been fine ever since. That's great.
1: It's right? that trust, too, or, or that safety that I that think needed for her.
0: Right? Yeah. She needs to learn that she can say no, that she has a right to say no.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Right? And we don't learn that. Yeah. And it's very, very interesting because we are not taught very well. Some people are, so you know, it's a generalization, right? But yeah, many of us are not taught how to be an adult and make choices, healthy choices. Mm-hmm. We're not taught yeah. about boundaries. We're not taught. The, we're not taught about our own biorhythms and how to honor that. We're not taught those things. Yeah. right and so we hide them we we fight against them you know we pretend they don't exist and mm-hmm. we stress ourselves out and then we become adults and we are and now a dysfunctioning adult not knowing how right. to take care of ourselves so 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 you hid um, yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: yes yes right yeah and it's good Yeah. And, and that, I think I love that you brought that up in terms of it was like sneakiness and even now. So like in my own, I'm my own business owner. I don't work for for anyone else, but like today where I woke up, you know, feeling really excited for our conversation, but also not feeling like I have a bit of a headache that, you know, often turns into a migraine. So I like woke up and said, you know, I can show up for this. And then I'm giving myself that permission today. I had so many things that I wanted to cross off my to-do list today. Today was that day. And now I'm just giving myself that permission between like between now and seeing my next client, which is, you know, in the afternoon to just rest. Like I can rest. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Things will get done when they, they Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I've had moments in my adult life where it was like when things didn't go well or to planned where I hyper planned things and they didn't turn out. It was like the world was crashing down. Emotionally, I was so like distraught. And, you know, I planned, plan, plan. How could something go wrong? How could anything, you know, but there is that uncertainty of the world. There is just like so many things in our lives that also can be external factors to our plans. And I'm glad I'm at a point now where if little things don't go to plan, I can shrug it up, like shrug it off and look for the silver lining and say okay, the universe wants me over here instead, I guess. Let's go with it. But I I was not operating in that capacity for most of my 20s. So now it's like this shift I've made, I think going into my thirties and just seeing, like, okay, what are boundaries? How can I create them? How can I stay open to po- like new possibilities happening happening for me I never imagined, and how can I just recognize that uncertainty isn't something I can out plan, but it's and it's very real, and I don't have to necessarily. I was trying to embrace it for such a long time, but I think now I'm making the shift of like how can I see the abundance of the world and of my life and of myself within this thing called uncertainty? So it's, it's a journey and it's one of those processes that you're going to, for me, I've shown myself in a short amount of time. Some people don't even really look at this, these concepts for most of their lives. So I feel like a lot of things really extreme kind of happen so that I could But it is one of those things where I'm like, okay, let's keep making these shifts. Let's keep welcoming uncertainty and these different tests that are going to show me that there are different possibilities. There are different ways to react. There are new boundaries to create or places to say, this is not a hard yes right now or a definite yes right now. So it's, I keep I'm talking about it and I'm smiling because I'm like, oh, is it fun? <laughs> like to be, you know, whereas it never used to be fun. Right? <laughs> right. And that and that's the thing. We take the joy
0: out of life because we we over plan. Um I, I, I hyper plan. I love that that phrase used, hyper plan. Right. Um so one of the uh, functions I performed in in corporate in my time was that of a program manager so you know Mm -hmm. big projects need to be put in place and I would orchestrate who needs to be at the table to make it happen and um my big thing was I don't really care about the day-to-day what has to happen you guys know how to make it happen team go do it but in the process of planning there are risks showing up. And so I would measure, analyze, and determine what risks are worth my time. Right. Right. Many businesses will either say, because, you know, as a contractor, I read it across this, there are no risks. And I'm like, if you think there are no risks, I'm surprised you have a business that survived. <laughs> right. <laughs> There are risks in life. And if there are some that you know about, right? What's in your care Mm -hmm. being controlled? What can you control? Those are the ones that we want to look at. Right. Those we can incorporate in our plan and manage Mm -hmm. them. Those that we can't control. If this happens, here's how we will respond to it and then let it go. Yeah. Right. Or I have no idea how I'm going to respond to it but the likelihood of it happening is like a three out of 10. So I'm not going to waste my time on it. Right. Yeah. Right. Now in our personal lives, we don't do that. Right. No, we we, we don't do that. And the three get sometimes, and I'll tell you a story about that. Sometimes gets more attention than the 10. So yeah. Right. So one of the projects I got to work on, and this will age me was Y2K and i was managing the business team on their risk mitigation Mm -hmm. and i had a team that had weight watchers as one of their customers and then they had some major technical processes as part of their they spent their focus on weight watchers right and and I could not move them off of that. They had, who cares if Weight Watchers can't bring their computers up? Yeah, you've got a whole meeting and people are gonna show up with their little scale, yeah. <laughs> right? Right, who cares? But if this system goes down, you have patients who are sick, not getting their diagnoses, Right, right? And you're focusing on that and and i and I couldn't move their focus because right. the fear and this is another another thing that control people around them their fear of I won't be able to to handle that that's too big for me. I can mm-hmm. handle this little mm-hmm. thing, which yeah. is a waste of time, and that's what yeah. we do. We waste our time, yeah. right so. So let's go back to when you were wrapped up into having all your ducks in a row. What are some of the things that that you wasted your time? Give us an example.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you know it did bring me into you know before I was a hypnotherapist, I was a service designer, uh, business transformation consultant, and you know that was my job was to look at a business experience and look for those gaps and look for those areas of opportunity where we can design solutions that will create an easeful experience, not only for the clients or customers, but for the service provider and all the stakeholders that were involved. So I think that this, you know, upbringing made me good at that, very good at that. But it also, when it came to execute some of my work, Instead of getting a report together like this, there was a lot of misunderstanding that I experienced between my, like one of my bosses and what the client was asking for. And it was like, but what is, I'm interpreting it this way and I'm seeing these gaps and these opportunities and this very clearly. And then, you know, executing on what are these artifacts I'm designing or what reports am I putting together. Was really just like so disjointed. It felt with all these different people and different perspectives, without being able to get you know perhaps one person or that one person felt like trying to get me on the same page as them. There was a lot of manipulation. manipulation. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so I think that was like in my head of like I I'm not doing this right. I'm not good at this, but. I'm trying so hard and I'm doing all the things. Why am I in this place where I feel like I'm going to get in trouble at any second? Like, like when I was a little kid hiding out inside from, you know, not doing the rock lifting. Where's the ladies room? I want to go to the ladies room. Yeah. Even though I was doing this work, it was like never quick enough. It was never good enough. And it was just like, oh, come on. Now I'm like, how did I stay there so long, you know, but it's just one of those things where we get in these patterns of like, okay, well, I want to prove it to myself, or I want to prove it to them that I am good at this, or that I can do the right thing. But it just can be such a vicious loop that doesn't really lend, like doesn't really do any good for you or for anyone. (laughs) And and communication
0: is a whole other tricky, slippery slope to begin with. Yes. Um, One of the things that that I, and, I, and I think it's one of the reasons why I was successful um, that I learned early on um, as a leader is I will repeat back to you what I thought I heard you say. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, and it would really, for some of the leaders, drive them nuts because they, again, a waste of time, a feeling of importance, um, a need right. to control. They would go on for half an hour describing something and when they were done I would say in three sentences so what I heard you say is you need me to pull a report together that has five factors and they need to be measurable and concise well if you want to put it that way yes that's what I said (laughs) right but I needed to know it wasn't insulting but it was I needed to know that what I heard through all of the noise that they put I, mm-hmm. This is what I took out of what you expect from me, because if I'm wrong, I tell me right now, yeah, right. So what I heard you say is what you want from me is this mm-hmm. right and as an as an entrepreneur, you know that's that's the kind of stuff that you want to know what's your client's intention when they come for hypnotherapy, So how did you take the leap? Yeah. So <laughs> uh, yeah. Hypnotherapy has so much to do with reports. Uh, and corporate. Yeah. Not at all. How did that happen?
1: I love. I love
0: the kind of stories. I love.
1: <laughs> yeah. Well, I was working over in Singapore at the time. Um, previously, um, to I think I arrived sometime in 2019. I think June 2019, and I was out of there August 2020. But um, I was working over there, and fast forward to the pandemic, and you know, a very extreme lockdown there, where you know we couldn't leave the house at some points. Um, so I was isolated for like two straight months. I think I went to the grocery store maybe once because I couldn't get a delivery. But I was like in my four walls or five walls <laughs> plus ceiling. Um, for so long on my own and my family was back in Canada and my job was toxic and it just it wasn't the right environment or the right place for me and I ended up saying that's it I'm coming back to Canada like I don't know why I stayed here for so long on my own so I made my way back and I found myself back in my childhood room after you know having this crazy experience with my workplace like just the mental exhaustion the emotional exhaustion having you know a relationship I was leaving behind having you know this new home that I thought I was building for myself totally gone and I found myself back at home in the comfort of you know my parents my sister had come back from Vancouver for what she thought would be a few months turned into a year so there I was trying to survive i i really felt like i was at minus i don't know 20 and just like all these things had happened but no one i was around could really relate and although the comfort and the love was there it was like me in my head of like what just happened to me what is happening in the world all these different things and there's not one thing about my life right now that is the same as it was even a month ago or even 2 years ago so I don't think I even processed that part right away or acknowledged that part right away. But it was this process of, okay, what am I going to do now? Do I find another job here in Canada? I had no intentions of moving back there. I had lived you know, before Singapore over in the UK for about four years. So it was never my intention to really come back. But there I was in the safety net of okay, I can kind of process things, but still this urgency to feel like I should be getting a new job. And I was interviewing for things and every, like, there's a few that seemed like really good fits and nothing came of them. And I, now I know it's like, I was never meant to work for someone else. Like this was really my chance to do things on my own. And when I realized after a lot of these interviews and these jobs didn't work out, you know, this is my chance now to start my own business. I've always thought about it. I had studied business um, right out of high school and college. And, you know, it was always kind of this intention of like, figure out what I can do to start a business, but let's work for other people first. And I was sitting there thinking, I am so discombobulated emotionally. My nervous system is all out of whack. I cannot imagine actually going back to work for someone 40 plus hours a week, I just energetically knew that my body needed rest. And I was still recovering from an appendix surgery that I had had back in Singapore. Like there was just all these things that I didn't really stop to process. So I thought, okay, let's ease into things. I uh, joined this coaching group, which is so fantastic. And I was going through this process of designing my own business. And I thought, oh, this Should be a piece of cake. I've done it for so many other people and so many other organizations or startups. And I was like just running and spinning in circles. And I just couldn't seem to figure it out. I couldn't seem to feel safe enough to put myself out there. Looking back, I think that was my biggest thing because I really was in fight or flight still. And my nervous system was at a whack. So I started kind of just looking into all these different circles, I started attending different summits. My mom would send me, because my mom is really into, um, you know, energetics and healing and uh, movement. So she sent me this link to this online summit. And there was my hypnotherapist, who's now my mentor, and she was doing a talk about hypnosis. And I thought that's who I need to see. Like, I don't, I never really considered hypnosis before or thought much of it. But I thought, okay, there's something that makes me want to say yes to working with her. So I decided it was the biggest investment I'd ever made for myself. Like I'd never grown up going to therapy. I never had grown up, you know, investing in something like this. So it was like a big investment financially and like that chance on myself. But I thought, no, like I'm worth it. And I never quite had that feeling before of like, yes, yes, yes. So it was an easy yes. I started working with her and just really realized how much of, you know, these things that might have seemed small in my childhood or little moments really have impacted to who I have shown up as or the behaviors that I'm having or the cycles I'm finding myself stuck in a loop in. So I really just started peeling back all of those layers and I was coaching a few people at the time, um, solopreneurs in their businesses and my hypnotherapist also trains hypnotherapists. So she reached out to me and said, you know, this is um, this course that I'm running. And I said, okay, we didn't really talk much about it. And then one day I just remember thinking, I think I need to do that course. I think I need to become a hypnotherapist. I don't know why. But. I'm still working through things, but that's let's just see. let's just see what happens. and it was like while I was learning, I was still working through so much stuff. Like to say that I had all my stuff figured out before doing that was a heck no. So I think it was one of those actually maybe the first time to that extent where I showed myself I didn't have to have everything perfect before I started and finished something. I could show up in the best capacity that I could show up in. I can still be moving through the motions of things. And I can also be a successful hypnotherapist. I don't have to be, I don't have to have all my ducks in a row. So that was really cool to show myself that on top of being a hypnotherapist.
0: I've not met anyone yet who has all of their personal ducks. Exactly. Right. (laughs) So so, you know, yeah. yes, you can get to an amazing point, but that doesn't mean there's not a little ducky quacking around somewhere <laughs> that got They'll always be. <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yep. Yeah.
1: Yep. So, yeah.
0: So, um, so, so was your, your mom kind of pushing you, uh, I wouldn't say pushing you, but pointing you in the direction of personal development. Yes, um, yes, this one definitely. kind of resonated with you, um, and you took mm-hmm. a chance on you. Yes. What do you think might have changed for you that you took a chance on you? Because many people mm-hmm. hyperventilate when they think about taking a chance on themselves. They yeah. will take a chance on any
1: company that thinks they're just a number,
0: mm-hmm. but won't take a chance on themselves.
1: Yeah, I think it was this. And I don't know if it was a moment or just this like feeling of, I can't keep doing what I'm doing now because it, I feel so misaligned from who I am. It do, I don't feel like me. I'm not sure the me that I was before is, is the me I'm looking for, but I know this person right here right now is going through a lot of things and I don't want to have to do it alone because I had also became, you know, there were certain things that, I'd gone through that. I didn't want to keep hashing up with my family or people that I knew because I just wanted someone like who wouldn't have so many emotions tied to what I experienced. And I didn't want to have other people's emotions or thoughts who really were probably coming from, a, or, or I know they were coming from a place where they really care about me. I wanted that new perspective outside of my own reality, outside of my own world that could really help me move these things and just like peel back all of these things that were making me feel so, so heavy. So I I don't know if it was one big moment or one big thing, but it was like, I just do, I I couldn't keep doing, I'm not meant to stay. I wasn't meant to stay where I was. And I was probably never meant to end up there in the sense of like, I was because it allowed me to do that self growth, but it wasn't where I was meant to stay forever. So I just knew, let's get things moving a little bit. My business coach had told me, you know, starting a business, the first year is like 10 years of therapy. So I was like, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to like, Yeah. And I'm glad she said that to me too, because it really also gave me permission to be like, okay, I also need therapy. I don't just need a business coach who is trauma informed or really compassionate. I need something more that is going to, and I can try all the things. Maybe it's not, I thought maybe it's not hypnotherapy. I don't know, but let's try it. And I was just like, let's try. I need to do something different.
0: Uh, Honestly, when I started, I at one point had five coaches. Right, because I had mm-hmm. a network marketing coach. I had a marketing coach, which is different than network marketing. Um, I had a personal trainer because I felt I needed to be in optimal shape to show up. And I had um, a business, a straight on business coach. I mean, I sat down, I didn't realize I had so many, and I sat, sat, down, and yeah. I sat down and I counted oh, out I had five yeah. right? Yeah. To help me. I think
1: I have four figure, right now. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Plus, I belonged to a, a, a woman's network. I lived in San Diego, in yeah. town. Um a woman's network, which was a, a in a co-working space. So I had the the female support, which was phenomenal for me. It was absolutely mm-hmm. fantastic. Um, and I joined the BNI Business Network International. So, mm-hmm. so those two, along with the five coaches, right? I mean, yeah. it was crazy. But yeah, I learned what works and what doesn't work.
1: Yeah.
0: Right. You know um and i and i was pushed into um discovering what works for me mm-hmm. right which is different than what's a candidate package yeah. right
1: yeah right it's so, that permission slip again and that time. i've had to go through so much and i know it's all, something i need to always keep at the top of my mind being in such great communities and with so many other people realizing like what is working for them I can try, but it doesn't mean it's going to work for me. And in fact, actually my intuition is telling me like, let's go this way. And that's totally okay. It can be so different than anyone else, but it it comes, yeah, it comes back to those permission slips sometimes of right? just giving yourself that permission to do things differently.
0: And, and when you let go, so, you know, I'll do a little, little plug for what's happened to to me because I've totally let go of control, which. The type A, 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 recuperating type A. Is that what you would call me? Right, personality, um, letting go of control and free falling um, uh, was something I never thought that I would do, and it is something that I one hundred percent, one hundred percent do now. Um, and you know, not that I don't have things structured. I mean, I have I have my podcast plan. I have those things scheduled. Yeah, and certain things that I do, um, but on the broader st- go I don't plan what I'm doing and I have so, mm-hmm. so much more coming out and happening at the end of March and in April than I have ever had in my oh my gosh so exciting I have three <laughs> books I have yeah,
1: yeah.
0: I, I am a, a contributor to a magazine that is starting at the end of the month um and I'll tell you about that too I have a presentation that I'm doing and a training that I'm doing hello none of it yeah was Planned out and scheduled out, right? Yeah. It, it all came because I was open
1: mm-hmm.
0: to say yes to possibilities.
1: Yes, ones that are beyond our imaginations, right? Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> this book,
0: I n- never would, and I have another one coming. It's like, okay, I'll, okay, I'll write that one too. I guess. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. And I'm not a writer, but I am a storyteller. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And so when you go with the flow and flow is actually what the book is about, Mm -hmm. you know, that that means you have to let go of control. Right. Mm -hmm. And so what has it been like for you now living in flow?
1: Mm -hmm. I think it's one of those things that perhaps has always came quite easy to me, but I've always fought it to do the harder thing because it just seemed too easy and maybe not what everyone else around me was doing. So it is kind of coming back home to myself in a way and just allowing myself to do things that feel easy (laughs) and that invite that ease into, you know, and I love that you talked about your writing because I have always been a writer. I've always loved writing and it was something I didn't really do outside of a re- report format for a long time or a presentation format. So now I'm having these opportunities as well to do more writing. And it's just kind of like, oh, okay, I don't have to be one thing. I don't just have to be a hypnotherapist or a business designer or a service designer or a facilitator or a workshop designer. I can also write about, you know, my life. I can sit down and write about love or what like that's so easy for me when I'm in these different workshops, um, different communities I'm in, or, you know, prompted with certain questions. It's like totally that flow of like, I, I'm not gonna overthink this. I'm not gonna figure out, you know, how I need to do this or how I need to answer this question or what the purpose is or you know, sounding really intelligent or backed up with facts or whatever it may be, like why can't I just let these words flow? And I last week was doing this workbook in this program that I'm in. And it was like I was la like I found myself laughing because I'm like, I can't type fast enough. Like the words are just coming. And it was like so cool. And I think that's like the most ultimate flow I have really experienced as of late. And it was like, just so funny because I'm like, oh, it's so like, how easy is this? It's just. And, that,
0: and that's the thing. You know, I had a conversation with the gentleman today, as a matter of fact, about um, a post I did. And, and then we'll, we'll wrap this up. And the post, because I'm looking at everything from a flow state. I'm looking at everything upside down. Yeah. Right. Um, and I'm questioning everything. I'm looking for the truth versus what I have been told is the truth. and. Yeah. I took Maslow's triangle of hierarchy, which has sh- the chakra as the base and self-actualization mm-hmm. as the top. You didn't know mm-hmm. he was teaching business people chakras, but that's what he was mm-hmm. doing, Mark man, right? Yeah. Right? And I said, what if that's a lie? hmm If that's a lie, what would happen if I flipped it upside down. And here's what happened. In the past, we have been told, even from chakras, that you have to work from the bottom up. I have mm-hmm. been told that you cannot feel uh self-esteem if your base chakra is out of alignment. Right? Yes. That's bullshit, folks. So I bought that, which means that I have to struggle through my base. Mm-hmm. and get that all fixed right right in order to make it to where my pain is self-actualization mm-hmm. right if i flip it upside down and i start already knowing that i am mm-hmm. already knowing that i'm self-actualized actual, actualized already yeah. knowing that the universe or whatever you want to call that energy that entity that created us where our soul comes from, it's who I am. If I start from there, everything flows. Yeah.
1: I love that.
0: It <laughs> happens. I'm not struggling.
1: Yeah.
0: It flows. Holy, shit, look at the lie we've been raised on. Yeah. You even said that's true. No, it's not. Because if we start knowing and that's that's the thing, believe that you are you were you were created from a source and you mm-hmm. are part of that source you still are no matter you take this body away that source is still there still you mm-hmm. are if you come from there with your decision that's what you're doing you're tapping into that then it's easy and it's fun
1: yeah yeah <laughs> And that's, that's, yeah, that's what I know for me has shifted in like, what can I do more of that is easeful and fun and joyful. And that's like, become my guiding light, just to ground me back into like, why, like, I don't need to know why besides, you know, sometimes finding ease, experiencing fun and feeling joyful. So it's, yeah, it really, when you strip the other step away, having some sort of anchor or guiding light can be just. Yes.
0: I I work with my clients to find their word. My word is delicious. Oh. If it's not delicious, delicious. Why would I do it? Yeah. Right. Why would I, why, if it's not delicious, then it's distasteful. And why would I take a bite when it's delicious over here? Totally. Right. Right. (laughs) So, so, so life is yummy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, that's so nice. It's awesome. So, so Lauren, if someone wanted to get in touch with you, what would be the best way?
1: Yeah, I think you could definitely join my newsletter website, which is lauren-best.com. You can find a link to my newsletter on there, or you can backslash newsletter. And that is, I think the best way, because you're going to get my updates on any podcast interviews. You know, once this one goes live, you'll, you'll be updated on that. You'll also see my weekly radio show, which Gail is going to be a guest on soon. Um, So those go out every week. So you'll get updates on that. I send it a really lovely, juicy monthly love letter and some special thoughts and, and love along the way. So definitely check that out and you'll kind of be connected to my worlds um, in all the different places. I'm also an insight timer as well at Lauren underscore or Lauren Best underscore co and I have a bunch of hypnosis audios on there that people can listen to for free as well so it's really great to be over there
0: fantastic so thank you so much Lauren and all that information and more will be in the show notes so um this is such a joy so much fun
1: thank thank you so much fun so delicious so delicious. delicious so yummy
0: If this episode resonated with you, give us a thumbs up and let us know. If you know someone who maybe could value, find some value in this show, share it out to them. And as always, please be sure that you subscribe because you want to know about all of the episodes. And this is Gail Kraft from the Empowering Process Podcast. Thank you for joining us. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Empowering Process Podcast be sure to visit Gail at galecraft.com to learn more about how she serves thought leaders, entrepreneurs, and goal seekers. And remember, if you like this broadcast, be sure to share and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.